Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first audio episode of the Leftology podcast. Um, for our host, um, it'll just be me this week, and I have our guest, which is Isocratic. What's up? What's up? Um, today, we will be talking about, in general, we'll be talking about, we probably have a few off topics. Um, we'll be talking about the rise of the alt-right online, which historically we're putting that in between, or I'm going to put that in between about 2010 to 2016. Um, I would consider the election of Donald Trump the change from the internet to the real world, kind of seeing it. I don't want to say the internet has the the full responsibility for that, but definitely some of it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a culture that's been uh, harbored through the internet, like, um, like, especially through like meme culture, I'd say that's where we you can see a lot of the uh, alt right. Yeah, meme culture is a big part of it. And I about a week ago, watched uh, this new documentary that is only on Amazon Prime, I believe so far. It's about $5 if you want to rent it. Um, the title is Phil's Good Man. Um, it's about the progression of Pepe, Pepe the Frog from a like secondary comic book character to like a symbol treated as a hate symbol by the ADL. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. I haven't seen it. I watched some after you brought it up um, a few days ago. I went and watched something about it, um, and I actually really want to see it now because it is crazy how this like innocent character from some like obscure like comic book ended up being like a symbol of like white nationalism like i don't even i don't even know how that that happens like it's one of the the most interesting things i think with with the internet it documents it very well um because the original thing it does it's based off only a few people that probably have read it and then spread it to the internet but a lot of the people in the documentary um it was at least two or three people in the documentary but they represented a much larger demographic of those types of people on 4chan 8chan or whatever message board also exists that helps spread it but they saw the comic book and they were like oh someone that's cool somebody made a pepe comic book and not not the other way around as it was in reality so they began to think it had become so separated from the originality that it had so it got it got so so separated that people thought that the original comic that it stemmed from was based on the meme and not the other way around that the meme came from the comic book yes not everyone That's but there were, there were a good amount of people to where it was an actual thing That's actually that crazy was spread <laughs> oh my gosh why pepe do they go into that at all? Like on like why these groups decided like Pepe would be their symbol? Uh, it definitely goes into that. Just give me a minute. My dad's FaceTiming me. And I got to oh, tell him good. I can't talk right now. You're good. You're good. Um, so they go into it. And originally it's from the scene in... I believe it's the, one of the first two issues, but I'm willing to be corrected on it because I have not read it, that comic book at all. Um, but I know that there are only four issues out of the entire series. So it comes from this, the gag is that Pepe, Pepe's kind of, as they describe him in the movie as like the little brother of the group. 
which the group is of four people. He's kind of like the always happy-go-lucky guy that doesn't really see like a problem in the world, I guess, for the most part. Um, so one of the other ca- characters catches him with his pants down while he's using the like toilet. Um, and another character comes up to him and he says, I heard from other characters that you um, pee with your pants down. Why do you do that? And then it's just the, the original Pepe of him saying, feels good, man. And that was that spread originally on, I want to say the fitness um, 4chan board. Just kind of feels good, man, feels good to work out. But there's also the mentality of like fitness bros that can somewhat lean into alt-right territory. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I've seen a few, um, I can't think of the creator currently. They did a lot of videos on like the alt-right. And one of the ways that the alt-right's ideas get spread is by sort of infiltrating like, and maybe not always on purpose, but infiltrating these communities and like, the rhetoric and the language and um, some of the jokes they use end up getting spread and then work its way to moving people even further, further and further right, basically. Um, it is really crazy, though, how such a meme went from being just a feels good man to literally like, I mean, it takes two seconds to find something where Pepe the Frog has like a swastika on his arm. Um, yeah, it's it's really quick. Um I think it's later in the film. I don't want to give it all away because it's a good documentary. Please go watch it if you're listening to this. Um, but they talk about later. I think this is more moving into like the 2013 to 2015 part of this. But eventually Pepe goes more mainstream. And I think it was Nicki Minaj and Katy Perry who tweeted Pepe memes. And I don't. that definitely wasn't the spark. It was probably a thing before it. But you probably haven't heard this term in a while or else you're on the wrong websites, but they're the people they call normies, um, which would be like Instagram people, I guess, is what the Reddit people's call yeah, normies yeah. now. Um, please get off Reddit, get a life if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, so there was already that sense of other put inside of them, but it was or in the people on 4chan that were spreading this meme. But they also felt that their their symbol, which we can get into what the symbol meant a little bit. I think I skipped over that, and I probably should have gone over that beforehand. But they felt like their symbol was being taken from them. So towards the earlier parts of this, when it goes mainstream, they begin to making Pepe more edgier, not in attempts of like a political move, but in an attempts to like see if they can stop this meme from going mainstream. They want to keep their reference. They want to protect what is theirs, I guess, in a sense, from everybody having it. Sure, it's it's definitely a dumb sentiment, but it's well, it's kind that of was funny the motivation behind that, it. that 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 sentiment exists there, and then within the ideologies of the alt right that sentiment follows to things even like um to nation like i mean like that exact sort of sentiment is reflected on these people who like want to keep their nation as theirs get it away from all these um in this case the normies would be minorities but it's the same sort of like um mentality i guess 
Yeah, definitely is. So the reason that Pepe gets swept up, as I stated beforehand, is the Phil's good man, which comes into like the fitness bros thing. But the the comic as a whole is a representation, as they explain in the film, of like the post college directionlessness. I guess would be a good way to put it. Kind of just you finish a bachelor's school, now you're in an apartment with your three bros, and you don't know what to do with the rest of your life. But within the comic, that's treated more happily. Just like in real life, that's kind of a happyish time. It's not like hopelessness to every single person. It's kind of like you and your bros get pizza on a Wednesday night and you just hang out. But kind of the directionless, directionlessness part, just that part, not the happiness part, kind of identify with some of the people on the message boards. Because the people on the message boards are the people who, a lot of these people live in their like mom's basement. They're, that's their, they're the epitome of that like, stereotype yeah yeah so they sympathize with these characters and pepe in particular because of his spreadableness i guess would be a good way to put it meme memeableness yeah i don't want to say yeah i think i think that's i think that's something like it's kind of bad that at one and in one sense it's a really good commentary about like some of the um, more modern day, uh, modern day like struggles, like um, it, it is true. I think a lot of people, whether they're more on the left or the right, um, kind of feel this sort of directionlessness whenever you get out of school. Like when you're done with college, it's like what's next, and especially with like how hard it can be to find a meaningful like um, career where a lot of people have to fill like jobs they don't want to and whatnot, and they don't really know what they're going where they're going. They no longer have like a purpose or a drive. Um, it's sad that that most of these people end up um, making their purpose into this sort of hateful like um, ideology. Like that's kind of what the alt right is. It's a bunch of people who can't find purpose, so they find purpose in like saving the white race or whatever other fairy tale they end up selling themselves. So it's it's just sad because I think one, it's a real it's a really good commentary on a problem that we're dealing with. Um, just in our postmodern like society that that we live in, um, and it's just sad that it was so taken in by one group that probably feels this and decides to fulfill that feeling through like hatred instead of like some of us who see like I would say me I I feel that to an extent I'm about to graduate I understand that feeling but for me I see it as like I want to push um, progress in society and liberate like um, groups that I think are um, suffering oppression and whatnot. Um, and I think so people on the left could resonate with that message. It's just a real shame that somehow this was totally co-opted by the few people who decide to deal with those problems in such a hateful way. It's, it's not just like the post-college directionlessness. It's kind of, they had a word for it. It was, it was somebody that didn't go into like education work or something. I forget the term right now. Or oh neat yeah neat uh n n e e t um where it's they're not not going to it's like not uh, an education employment or training it's kind of this group of it's not the post-college directionlessness for a lot of these people it's the 
post high school directionlessness. They didn't go to their town community college. Or they didn't go to a big university. They're just at home. They're not seeking a job. They're not training for a job or going to vocational school. Yeah. I mean, like even I was using after college, but I mean, yeah, this goes all the way down to that where it's the sense of, um, it's, it's something that I hate giving like Jordan Peterson any credit for, but that's why his book took off too, is he tried to like explain to people to have like purpose and to find this purpose, which people really resonate with because one of the things that we really struggle with today is finding, finding that. I mean, like the fact that people can do neat, you know, it seems to be kind of like a, a, a weird thing. Like, um, the ability to not have to do either one of those and having like no um, feeling to do those things. It's, um, I don't know, it's just a really interesting predicament we're in. And I think the way that people deal with it, which is why I, this is what I think there's been a big rise in the alt-right. I mean, there's a few things that have aided it, but this seems to be the biggest thing is this, um, this feeling of purposelessness and, trying to fulfill it by think selling some sort of fairy tale to themselves and most of the time that happens to be like some sort of white nationalist fairy tale where they think their their race is being attacked so you know all these sheep that do day-to-day work um are too busy to notice it but me over here who doesn't have a job isn't educating myself um i see the truth and my purpose is to save my race my family from these these minority groups that are trying to take over you know Definitely. Um, but I, I, about Jordan Peterson, I do think it's interesting that um, like these like 20 something old males will do what their mom has been telling them for the last decade. Only when the <laughs> guy that compares their society to crustaceans tells them to do it. It's cause he did it in like a, a, a manly way and men don't want to, don't want to listen to their moms for some reason. <laughs> Come on now, dude, your mom has good advice. All right. She brings you the pizza rolls. Yeah, come on. You can at least pay her back by cleaning your room. <laughs> oh, that's another big thing. There's uh not cleaning your room is also a thing for 4chan. It's it's oh, a yeah? contest of a sense. Where they like try to see who has the dirtiest room. It's the best way I can put it is that a bunch of people on 4chan have a degrading fetish, but have no way of getting a boyfriend and or a girlfriend. So that the entire, the entire like chat or the entire message board is that for all of them. It's to they, like fulfill a, like their degrading fetish. It, I don't want to call it like not, maybe not in like a sexual sense, but in some sort of the mind, they get some pleasure out of being called a loser. It's it's mm. very weird. I don't know how to explain it the best possible way, but they contacted this guy who said he knew a lot about Pepe. They walk in. His room is just horrible. I think his bed was like a pull-out couch. He just threw every trash, including like the bags that you would get from like fast food places just on the floor with no regard, just on purpose, not even out of just not thinking it was just he willingly did that to get like Like willingly made it disgusting to get internet points yes i guess like the thing is when when you are kind of a loser it it, you feel better if you like embrace that so instead of like looking at at as a as a problem you look at it like 
once again to fulfill that purpose purposefulness that that they're missing out on it's like it, it gives them something to identify with they get to identify with this group of of losers and they take it they like they they want to because they want to identify with something and if that is what they're going to be considered it's easier for them to identify with it actually i think that's why actually as much as it's hard to bring people out of the alt-right a lot of the times the best way to do it is through some sort of um compassion because i think it mainly comes from like a a, a weird hatred of like towards themselves um in some senses like with, with this degrading themselves sort of um and a lot of like self-destructive behavior you see in those groups and whatnot yeah that definitely we talked about beforehand how both of us kind of were on a path to go to the all right but weren't but kind of shifted differently and mine which is probably about probably about three years about coming up on about three years ago is probably the turning point towards the left um and that comes from kind of learning that other people actually do have compassion for me they don't just disregard me as human scum and not think about me at all i don't want to say that that was my ideology of people just treat me like shit always but compassion does help and I guess that's kind of why I don't completely like the way where they're just my thinking is arguing with fascists is not going to be the thing that changes them if I can if I can say that word I think I might be dismantled demonetized for saying that word <laughs> um out of the one cent i'll get all of the out of this but i don't know if you could change them per se but definitely somebody on the path if you tell them that there's a world that they need to care about that there are problems that don't exist or there are problems that exist outside of them they'll definitely turn away from it but to the prior point the second half of the film generally deals with it kind of strays a little bit further away from pepe and it deals a lot more with the question of donald trump after he's elected or after he goes into his campaign because a lot of people unfortunately they said right beforehand they were very skeptical skeptical of donald trump and immediately after that first speech which is extremely xenophobic and like racist and the best terms po <laughs> of course in the most horrible terms possible least abstract terms possible they're just like this is our guy this was the meme candidate and they quote unquote memed him to the presidency which is what you saw on what was it like november 8th 2016 but a lot of 4chaners also adopted his ideology which I would say the ideology and beliefs of Donald Trump is in the most basic sense, as they say in the film, that there are winners and there are losers. And the question the film poses is what happens when that ideology is applied and, or no, is implemented by the losers, which is the 4chan people. Like if losers like accept like um, that there are winners and losers and they accept being the loser? I guess in a sense, yes. Hmm. It, it's definitely something to think over. It's not the easiest question to ponder. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of 
it's kind of weird because usually when people are saying um, loser, it's a pejorative. That's saying basically, you know, oftentimes like in that sense, you're not doing anything. You're, you're, you're sitting in your mom's basement. It's supposed to be more of a, uh, when you get called that, it should, I'm not saying that you should bully people, maybe, but when people get called that, it's supposed to be more assembling that you're not doing anything, you know? Um, and it's supposed to, when people say that, hopefully make you realize, hey, maybe I should be doing something with my life. But yeah, it's really weird if they play the the Trump card and they go like, you know what? I'm a loser and I embrace it. And I'm going to be the, the biggest loser I possibly can be. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like instead of, and that makes it more difficult, I think, when we're talking about the compassion thing with getting them out of that too. Because what it ends up being is like, say you have someone in a hole, right? And they've been trying to get out of this hole. And by the time you come over there and you're going to help them out of this hole because no one else has, they just got a shovel and they started digging that hole deeper because they've embraced being in this hole, just as they've embraced their position in society and purposefulness. Pur- I cannot say that word, but purposelessness. Yeah. Um, instead of like trying to get out of that, they just kind of embrace it and go even like deeper, which is where, where you get like, I think this is kind of where you end up with them thinking things that are totally opposite of one reality or what is the norm um for instance like i think this is where like nazism would kind of like come in as well while we see this you gotta gotta be careful with those words (laughs) okay i'm sorry um if you ever make it past a thousand subscribers this video is not making money uh, it doesn't matter. I have like so many videos where I've used am I. the word, word fascist like a million times. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even worried about it. Uh, but you get like a where... dollar off of like one out of your thousand <laughs> videos whenever you pass that. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. But um, I think this is um, where the link though between the sort of 4chan culture and that culture happen is because believing in Nazism and fascism and stuff is so... Um, the opposite of the norm um, in society, right? Like, it's a, it's a common thing to go, Nazis are bad, the Holocaust is bad. And if you're going to dig the deeper hole of loser and you're now asking for hate in some weird way instead of trying to get people to see you as likable and make your life better, what's better to do than be a guy who denies the Holocaust and says we should get rid of minorities, right? That goes into the, um, that also goes into the making their jokes a lot more edgier to to point where they cannot be accepted by the mainstream. Yeah, exactly. So eventually the brain kind of, you know, I learned this on TikTok when they were, when one of them came up and it was like, your brain cannot tell the difference between irony and what you actually like. And if you, joke about this fetish enough eventually you'll get it so eventually if you joke about the stuff you'll be a lot more susceptible to it and i think there's a video within the movie of richard spencer talking about pepe is like their largest ads asset which i think is the direct quote actually and the making the memes as edgy as possible can only help the alt-right help spencer's movement because the edgiest thing, as you said beforehand, is Holocaust denial. It is accepting the far-right ideologies of Spencer and others, of ethno-states and stuff like that, hating minorities. 
that's what eventually they become more susceptible to. So when you go on Instagram and you see you have these meme pages that repost stuff on Reddit and 4chan of the most edgy memes possible, Pinochet throwing commies out of helicopters, Pepe in like full, like third right gear. (laughs) And then you go on YouTube and there's Ben Shapiro that links you to Stefan Molyneux that eventually links you to Richard Spencer. Eventually things click and eventually you start liking the ideology in a sense because they're the guys that also like the memes that you laugh at. And you could also get into anti-SJW stuff, which is a big... This is actually an interesting point. I mean, I don't think, obviously, some sorts of edginess should be um, not allowed. I don't think you can deny the Holocaust, right? Um, But this is something I've actually critiqued the left on a little bit, um, is our sort of so anti-edginess kind of pushes these people who may start with just an edgy sense of humor, right, to fall down this, like, rabbit hole. And this is kind of what I think other than my conservative upbringing, I think this is part of what brought me that way. As I was an edgy kid, I liked to make edgy jokes, you know? Um, what if I said that around, like, my liberal friend, my one liberal friend in my college full of, like, conservatives, I would get, like, hated for it. And I was like, well, I can't joke with these people. I can't be friends with these people. Um, and what, what does that leave as the alternative? The person that you get to be friends with is the guy who has um, some not-so-safe um, beliefs. Yeah. Um, like Richard Spencer and whatnot, you know, and then finally you feel accepted. I can make my jokes. I can do this and that. And I'm not saying the left should just like allow any jokes to slide, but I think it shows that we have to understand that edginess has a place to play in humor and we can't just completely ignore it because if we do, we're going to actively aid the alt-right in its growth. Yeah. But there's also the way we've seen it on the left with uh, attracting people from the right to our cause through slightly edgier people instead of just saying clean all the time. Um, They're not going like full on like as edgy as the alt-right is, but they do have a little bit of edge. They do get a little angry. They do criticize some people. Uh, I think the three best at it that I've seen that helped turn me at least from the right to the left were probably in order would be like some more news on YouTube which is like Cody Johnston mm-hmm. and Chapo Trap House is probably second, which is a very controversial podcast on the left. <laughs> um, I, I listen to that one a lot still. And then Vosh, those are probably, those are definitely, even, some more news is probably not, uh, is probably the least edgy, but he gets a little angry, which is something that the right feels yeah, Vosh, Vosh is a really good one. I know a, there's a lot of people who hate Vosh a ton, but for me, um, when I was joining the left, the one thing I still hated whenever I came out of that, because I turned away from the right the moment I started hearing some dude unironically saying we should segregate races, and I was like, you know, I don't think this is for me. So I started my you know political journey getting out of that, because I was always more of a, a libertarian when I was on the right, so that didn't jive with me at all. Yeah, um, I think it was... In seventh grade, I got into going into the right because I was up at like two in the morning on a winter ski trip. And then I saw a political meme page and it was like, we support the military. Like if you support the military. And I was like, I support the military. And then I followed them. And then I followed some other people. And eventually you get to like 
following like Republican meme pages and stuff like that, which will lead you further right because the internet right hadn't fully formed in like 2014. Yeah, for me, it was a it was a combination of things. So I grew up in a really red part of Texas. Um, so there's getting there's no getting around a conservative upbringing. Um, yeah, but I was at the beginning. Yeah, and I was always a little bit more like left than my my um, other friends. I remember when I stumbled upon like UBI or something. I was like, whoa, this is a really good idea because people won't have to work their whole life or whatever, um, and whatnot. So I had some ideas. So I was more of like um, a liberal conservative, right? Uh, but once again, like I said, I had liberal friends that I literally couldn't make jokes around. So I started hanging out with my edgier people I had at school. And they were the ones that would follow these crazy meme pages that made insanely edgy jokes. And then I started making meme pages that made these jokes. And then, I don't know, I kept going down and down. You know, I watched Ben Shapiro every day. I watched Stephen Crowder. Oh, no, I never watched Stephen Crowder. I still hate Stephen Crowder. I've never liked Stephen Crowder, even when I was on the right. <laughs> but I liked Ben Shapiro and this and that. I never really got into, like, um, Spencer and whatnot. But I stumbled upon this one YouTube channel called, like, Renaissance something. I can't quite remember the name. But this guy in this video, and this is this was my turnaround um, after being a part of the right for a really long time, sharing right-wing, alt-right memes, um, or alt-light memes, I guess. Uh, was the moment he was talking about how he was like, you see that the races are segregated now. We should just do this to a more extreme. It would solve all the problems. And then he said something about saving like the white race or something and how America was for the whites. And me, luckily, my inner libertarian spirit jumped out and was like, yo, I don't know how you got here, but you need to go the other way. And from then on, it's just been a slow journey of uh, I became more progressive. And then from there, um economic stuff came on and then like i said once i got more into the, the left i was basically a socialist a libertarian socialist all the way there um i still disliked i couldn't find many edgy people and then i stumbled across across Vosh, who would make an edgy joke here or there and that satisfied me and now i'm a happy leftist so that's why i think you know we need a little bit of edginess because some of us enjoy that kind of content and i think it can help bring people on the left because if you can't have anyone on the left making any of this stuff and I'm not saying, you know, make literal like um, alt-right edgy jokes, but we have our own form of edginess that we can play out, you know? Yeah. Like, don't do class reductionism. Yeah, of course not. But like, we can have some sort of like edginess. And I think that in some ways can combat the sort of running to the alt-right because you just want to be edgy and you're not necessarily alt-right. And then you become alt-right because of it, you know? Yeah. The, for me, it was probably more personal experience kind of made me have to accept that my worldview is de directly harmful if implemented towards people that I like really, really cared about. I, I've talked about this on like streams beforehand a lot of times. A lot of people or the few people that come into comments always ask, how did you get to the left? So there's like three other episodes on me and the other guys talking about this. So eventually, like, I had to stop following those meme pages I'd followed because I was like, I literally don't agree with this stuff anymore. This is not funny to me. I think I switched first on, like, feminism and war, if I remember correctly. Cause That's I, funny. I, that was me, too, actually. It my Not only from that, like, hearing the segregation stuff, I was still, like, conservative after that. I just stepped away from the radical right, you know? I was, like, I was still, like, you're just normal conservative. 
Um, but actually, war is what turned me on, turned me away from it. I learned about the military-industrial complex, and um, which then started making me question capitalism. And then that's just from there. We we like shot left like so fast. Yeah. It's not even funny. I went to uh, AP US history, and I was like, I did my own research outside because I'm not reading a textbook. And I was like, oh wait, we're the bad guys most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't defend this. This is, this is the bad stuff. This is genocide. Um, so just generally learning about history was like, oh, oh, that that's the like downbringing of what I used to believe. And like my immediate response is like, down with the military. Yeah, yeah. Defund the military to like a billion a hundred billion dollars let's let's do that let's fund other things yeah and then that gets you into circles with uh, like um the with the anti-war movement there is some questionable things like you end up running into some weird right type people that are anti-war um but you do get to meet a lot of people on the left who are anti-war and i think that helped me a lot i got to meet tons of people through that i ended up learning about socialism then I started getting involved with like the the DSA a little bit. Um, yeah, we don't really just, have a DSA here. I, there's probably one in our state, but it's not close enough to me to. We have one in the city nearby, and then we have one on campus. I don't really do much on the one on campus because I'm busy. But um, you know, I, I started trying to get involved in these things, and then from there you just learn more and more. And then you learn all these sorts of like types of oppression that exist that are messed up. Um, it's it's kind of like a, a pipeline to, to the left in a weird way, but a pipeline that's more honest, I guess. Uh, definitely. Uh, I think a big turning point was thinking about it now, something I never thought about is that this comes about the time, this, this is the first year in high school that I can drive on my own, which would be the second year of high school. So in the mornings, my dad would drive me to school and he'd have the local conservative radio playing and then my grandpa would pick me up take me to hardy's and all we would talk about on the way back is the primaries the, the republican primaries which he supported ben carson despite him being a different type of or the one of the weirder types of christianity um which i believe is seven day adventus or something like that it's, there's a more common term for it but i don't know it at the moment so being able to just like not have it constantly hammered into my head was probably a, a big factor. And it's probably a factor why people stay conservative for so long is because that's all they hear. Yeah, I mean, I think we even have studies. I'd have to like look it up, but I'm pretty sure there's studies about how people's um, political affiliation is heavily influenced by um, family. Um, and for me, that was a big thing. I was, my family was conservative. My, even my, all the way to my grandparents, we were all, everyone was conservative. My grandma still got like her, her Trump hat and always has Trump on the, the TV. Um, so yeah, getting out of that also helped me because I didn't get left until I started going to college, which was a while back now. But um, it took being able to get out of that environment. And actually, since then, being able to do my own research on things, not being dogmatic and just believing whatever you know, I hear from my family or friends that I grew up with that were conservative were correct. I was able to come to my own conclusions about things. And actually, I've influenced my own family. Um, my mom and my dad, for instance, aren't voting for Trump, which is a lot better. You know, we went from voting to Trump to my dad going like, I'm going to vote third party of some kind. And my mom going that she's riding with Biden. So, you know, <laughs> we've, we've made some progress. And I, and I think it's it's because I never like 
shamed my dad or my mom for believing those things. Instead, I would just talk to them and go, do you really think this? And I think that's the best we can do to convince these people. I mean, I think like um, debates and stuff, like you see Vosh debate fascists can help sometimes. I think some people probably like see that and they go, wow, maybe these fascists don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But I think when we're really trying to get someone who is deep, deep down in the outright, the best way to do it is just by one, either they're lost and you can't bring them back or two, just being as compassionate as possible with them. And yeah, just- the, the debates are definitely for an audience. It's, you're not trying to convince the person on the other side your point. You're trying to convince a large audience your point. For sure. Which, I mean, that's like the point of being a lawyer, I guess. You're not trying to convince the other lawyer that your guy didn't commit a crime. You're trying to convince, convince a jury. the jury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think some people do. I think Vosh talked about how a lot of these people respect power. So being able to overpower these people with your arguments sometimes convince them over, um, you know, and whatnot. And I think one of the things when people do get brought over, I saw this, I talked about this in a video not too long ago for a little bit, um, but I saw this on Twitter too is that a lot of people don't want to accept like ex alt writers or ex fascist into the left. And I think that's like, super problematic because these people are working on a change they're not going to be perfect they're going to slip up they're going to say something kind of reactionary here and there um but i think it's our duty to correct them on that and also accept them at the same time you know like some tough love um instead of just a rejection at least from what i've seen if it happens younger like if we're not talking like a 40 50 year old guy turning over we're talking about like teens 20 guys like Within two to three years, once they like their like axiom completely changes over, like those are probably like the most passionate leftists. Like both of us technically would fit in that. I mean, we're sitting here making content right now, so I mean, yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, like I made a whole YouTube channel to talk about politics because of my my change um, and being so passionate about what I stand for now. Yeah, I gotta like make up for all the bad things I said <laughs> while I was uh, on the right. The, the three times I was transphobic to somebody made me feel really badly. So I have to like make yeah. up for it my entire life now. Sorry about that. Back in eighth grade. Eighth yeah, I mean, grade Cameron, I, bad Cameron. I often think about um, times where I've said something awful back then. And it, it's, it's haunting to an extent because I know I can never take back what is said. Um, but I hope by actually fighting for these issues and whatnot, um, maybe, maybe I can make up for it to some extent, you know? Yeah, this a lot of people definitely would fight harder for something they feel like they've been on the wrong side of. Not yeah, it's also, I'm also really passionate about bringing people from the right to the left because I felt that and I understand what these people are usually going through. It's usually like a ton of loneliness. Um, sometimes it's factors they can't control, like being, you know, grown up conservative and whatnot. Um, so I, I feel for a lot of these people um, and I, and I hope in some way uh, I can like bring them over, I guess. Yeah. It it is talking about them back in the m- movie. These people are in a bubble. Like w- we as content creators at least interact in some sense with the right, maybe not in person, but by watching a couple of their videos to critique. But these people are completely absent of like an actual left. They think that a lot of these things the Democrats are as left as it gets that Nancy Pelosi is like the spawn of Satan and needs to be removed from her like child predator waves or something like that. So they don't really get a 
view of the entire spectrum of politics and they don't even get the small view that they had represented correctly or unbiasedly. So convincing a lot of people that A, don't go outside that often and B, that don't interact with any other type of worldview is definitely a hard, hard task to pull off. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult, especially with um, a worldview that is so twisted and um, different from reality, you know, but um, I think that's the best thing we're going to do, because I think um, as society, we only we only move forward um, as fast as the, the person that's the furthest back, the slowest mover. Um, and I think people on the alt-right tend to be the slowest movers in progress. So I think it, it's worth trying to talk to these people as much as it may be frustrating I'm trying to get through them. Um, but in the end, doing so is, is definitely worth it. Oh, definitely. Having people on your side is a good thing. It's Watching the movie is definitely interesting. It's going back to what we were originally talking about because there's a lot you definitely do not consider. It is a total shift in worldview, something that you've completely forgotten about in the last like two to three years because you're not a part of it any longer. So it just kind of feels weird going back and seeing a different, much worse path in a sense that you could have gone down. Yeah, for sure. Cause I don't think they really talked to any like full on far right people, but they definitely talked about people that like cared about the memes way too much. Yeah, because it ends up becoming more than than just the meme. But like, you can act like you care about the meme, act like you care about the uh, the cause, whatever that cause may be. Whether it's like oppressing minorities or or, or whatever it is, um, it's kind of weird. The 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 ideas they they stand for end up being represented so heavily by these memes that it's kind of. I mean, it's one of the ways they kind of get away with some of what they say too. Is with a pull, it's just a meme. Um, uh, yeah, that was a big part of it too because you can hide there's a way to hide behind a, a sense of irony which it as i said earlier eventually if you're doing something ironically eventually you're going to like it unironically like take 100 gex for say for example nobody liked 100 gex originally then they listened to them for three times and they're like okay i guess it's my favorite band now um because they liked it as a joke originally and they're just like haha it's like oh now this trash is all i can listen to uh, so that would be the same with um, the alt-right in a sense. Yeah, I mean, you, you unironically talk about like, um, I mean, you ironically talk about wanting to get rid of minorities and then you do it enough with your buddies, eventually it becomes unironic. Um, or at least there's no way to different, like make a notice the difference between when someone's being ironic and unironic. Well, if, and, if you make the joke, eventually you'll click on the video that explains that worldview by like Stefan Melanie or whatever the raging bull has coming out this week i don't know what else the the furry dragon that spouts out far-right propaganda um whatever type of video you watch to you know that says the same thing that your meme does but they're like i said earlier they're more susceptible to a worldview that is the same as the memes they've been posting And as as leftists, that explains why all of our memes are two pages long. Because <laughs> I mean it's true. It's true. Oh my god.
Yeah, their, their memes will be like um, something just just super obscure that has some like hidden meaning that we can't understand. And ours is like an essay from like Karl Marx or something like making like maybe you clip on the Jewish question by Karl Marx or something stupid like. <laughs> just... yeah, there, there's this like it's a dog whistle for why we shouldn't have Mexican people in our countries and ours is like a Fortnite guy dancing and it's like why should the value of property be that of all when yeah. it could be property of all <laughs> I mean when I was a part of the, the alt light um, for an example my favorite meme was just this um, orange cylinder that was called long boy it had no meaning like whatsoever but that's why it was funny is because you could make it mean anything. So you and your friends could be real. like, yeah, like I could be making a joke with my friend at the time about like Holocaust denial or something and be using long boy to make that joke, which seems to mean nothing to anyone else. And sometimes it was funny because it didn't mean anything else, but it's, it's just like the memes that are used are so like obscure and that allows them to be like, dog whistly and all these uh, these other things or maybe they literally mean nothing but um oh no yeah. the, a lot of them are dog whistly like stone toss is a big one that's yeah yeah pure pure dog whistles so it 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 it's a funny joke to people who don't know the dog whistle but it's like oh this is what we mean to the people that do get the dog whistle yeah, and the thing is, too, if people start figuring out the dog whistle, all they have to go is, what are you talking about? It's just a funny meme. It's not a dog whistle. I mean, that's kind of why it's also hard to engage with um, these people through, like, <laughs> I guess through their memes. Like, because if you ever try to call it out, it, it all of a sudden goes from whatever dog whistle it was supposed to be to that meme because they'll reject it being, like, true. Well, um, it that that's a benefit of, like, a whole political system. If we like i the best way it was explained to me was say that there's like five levels from conservative to full-out fascist conservative being one like full-on you know far right being five you can't really do you got to freak out sometimes when people make the comments bordering like one or two because the people that are in five make the same jokes so it, it's kind of indistinguishable but the the people in one don't make the jokes that are in stages four or five, so those are those are like obvious tales. But you kind of get that's why the left gets like emotional about so many things is because one and two, in a lot of senses, are either used or are ways to get people to go to four and then five or further right, more harmful to the average person ideologies. Yeah, which then causes the left to seem like they're being um, anti your jokes or anti your speech or whatever, which then... Owning the liberals. Yeah, the which state. then ends up turning into a rejection of those exact people, which then... That's, that's why I think like being like just plainly anti-edginess like, or whatever is bad is because when we do that, what happens is the thing we're trying to keep these people from doing by like, you know, like stopping them from getting to four and five by stopping them at one and two... Um, makes them reject us and then it's way easier to get to, to four and five you know it's way easier to be making the uh unironic um jokes yeah but you also have to still be cautious about people well, of course one and two okay stuff. what what yeah when i'm saying like being edgy and whatnot i i definitely don't mean like 
full on. I mean, obviously there are times where it doesn't work. It's inappropriate. Um, it's, this isn't something that you can do as a leftist. Like this is purely like just racist. Also depending on the audience. I mean, we have to be, we have to be way more responsible, I think, yeah, but I think like it's important. Don't like yell at them for one or two things, like sit them down, be like, Hey, stop being transphobic. But like for four and five, that's when it gets serious. Like when you, when you get like up there talking about like the absolute monarchy people. Yeah. Know, dictatorship I, I, people. I mean, I wasn't considering one or two like transphobic necessarily. I was thinking of something a lot lighthearted than that. But I mean, like, of course, if it's like transphobic, then like that—that that is basically one or one through five is probably transphobia at this point. It's, uh-huh. it's something shared by all of them because it there's at least a little bit of that in the general conservative. Yeah, yeah, at then least I mean, by I, two. I think like you. The thing is, you need to like. I guess what I was getting at is more like talking to them. Um, instead of rejecting them and just being mad at them which of course you can be angry with them um but do so in a calm way in a more discussion way as long as they're willing to i mean that's kind of the problem too is if people aren't willing to have a conversation there's nothing you can do about it so in that case i say go ahead and just let them know like why they're stupid or like why this is wrong (laughs) but um and the cases where you can talk to them which i think a lot of people before they get into the far alt-right are willing to talk um you know you should definitely take the the opportunity yeah and there's always the basic biology or basic economics. You can sit them down and be like, yes, but advanced biology and advanced economics supports my worldview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you learned in your Econ 202 class is not the full literacy of economics. That's like the base of all economic systems. Yeah, that's something also we have to keep in mind, too, is a lot of these people are um, uneducated or just undereducated. And... uh I mean, one of the best ways to fix them falling into these reactionary thought patterns is to educate them on these like issues. Um, if we could do that, then there's no reason for them to believe in the things that they believe. Because oftentimes, the reason why they believe them is not because they're just hateful or spiteful, but it's more because they don't have the education necessary to understand why they're wrong. Yeah, that makes definite sense. And if you're talking about the neats, they don't really go into higher ed. They don't understand higher levels of economics more than uh, demand go up, supply go down. <laughs> Stonks and whatnot, yeah. They they don't even understand stocks. They just think the stocks. Oh, yeah, I meant like stonks, the, the, the meme. Yeah, it's just line go up. Profit for people that I think I support goes or goes up. And the, the worst part, though, is when you start getting further and further right, when you get into those circles, though, the, the undereducated and the uneducated end up taking pride in that, where, like, that's why stonks kind of, like, becomes a meme, because it's like, oh, I know I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't care. Um, yeah, that's why I think it's really important to get them in the earlier stages of conservatism instead of, like, bashing them. Yeah, because they, they go into, like, weird biological sciences. Like, um, I think, were you there a few days ago when Mouthy was debating somebody on the far right uh, yeah yeah on uh like uh weird like race uh realism and like sex realism stuff like uh, yeah like they just have books that nobody else acknowledges as any source of like reliable knowledge and they just take it and then make it their worldview they're just like yeah like a lot of like um jqers for instance will use like historians that aren't accepted as like um knowledgeable historians to, to try to prove their point or whatever so they, they fall into a lot of like um ahistorical stuff or like pseudo science stuff um 
Yeah. I'm actually debating that guy that Mouthy debated soon. Yeah. Good luck with that guy. I, I sat through most of that and I was like, this is torture. This is <laughs> absolutely like he seems he seems nice, really bad opinions, but he seems nice. He you can act nice, you can have the suit on like Richard Spencer does, but you are still like if your worldview <laughs> yeah. is implemented, like half of the world's population is either going to starve to death or be genocided by Oh yeah, no, yeah. I'm not saying that his his ideas aren't absolutely like um despicable. Uh they definitely are. It's just um <sighs> In a weird way, I'd rather talk to a polite fascist than one who's just going to scream at me the whole time, you know? Yeah, like, your ideology necessitates war crimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, especially when we talk about, like, um, when they want to push, like, things like segregation and not and whatnot, they don't realize a lot of that requires things like genocide. And it's like, you realize you're literally promoting genocide, right? And they, they, they'll, they'll, like, make the, all the mental gymnastics to deny that. Yeah definitely oh that that was so insufferable like the left calm was insufferable but that's because he's 15 <laughs> but but the other guy was just insufferable like irredeemable irresufferable for sure for sure just, oh I, I it's it you can like understand why people might go that way but like the truly fully believe it is just unexplainable well it's 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 this idea that um nothing anyone believes is real so then you can't like basically the idea that like academia um the moment you believe that academia has no grounding as the moment for you to believe anything the moment you start believing all this conspiratorial stuff it's easier to believe in other conspiratorial stuff and you start pinning together this worldview that is totally based on conspiracy and not at all grounded in reality, which allows for all this pseudoscientific stuff to be believable. Um, The rejection of academia, the belief that like Jews run the world and all these other like thoughts that come along with that. It's just not grounded at all is the, is the thing. It's not. That's, that's why Q is so popular because it, I think we talked about it earlier, but, Q is not the typical conspiracy theory. It treats its listener as smart, or it treats the people that are following it not as people that are being told something, but people that are being asked something. So it's it's the conspiracy, the way I'd put it is, it's a conspiracy for people who want to feel smart because they are given parts of a puzzle that they have to put together that totally doesn't make any sense, but they're the ones putting it together. So it makes them feel good it makes them feel like they're accomplishing something. They're unraveling some secret hidden truth that some secret society is keeping from them. But in reality, some random guy probably in like Midwest United States writes every other week about something with as much vague terms as possible and gets a million people to just, I don't know, believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just sort of um, delusional. I mean, it, it's just a belief in conspiracy that leads to insane delusion. And then you convince yourself you're not delusional. You're actually just red-pilled. Like, yeah. that, that's what it becomes. It, 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 I mean, it, it, it's so funny because the red pill for me um, is generally, like, now I believe they, the director has acknowledged it as, like, understanding that you're not the gender that you're supposed to be it's waking up and realizing that reality has lied to you the gender stereotypes don't mean anything for you anymore but i guess it's it's, it's a general 
in the most general terms, it is just not accepting that reality is real. Or yeah, the, I mean, that, that's grounds of reality are real. We can talk about like where the term the red pill came from. Like, I know it started in a lot of men's rights activist groups, but I mean, it's used now in this QN and stuff where it's like, oh, I've taken the red pill. I see the world for how it actually is. And that's how you like convince yourself that you're not delusional. Because the thing is, if you were to like look at it from a normal person's point of view, you would realize how delusional you are. But the thing is, if you convince yourself that they're all wrong and you are the only one that got it right, you no longer have to question whether your beliefs are delusional by comparing it to other people's beliefs because they haven't taken the red pill. They are the ones that are the sheep and I'm the one who's awake and therefore I can't be delusional. Um, instead of going like, if, if there wasn't this sort of like masquerading of um, taking the red pill, you would see more of them comparing their beliefs to other people and then going like, wow, my belief is so much different than this person. Maybe I should like look deeper and see if I'm right or if they're wrong. And this doesn't happen because they get to push all these people well, that, away. That's what they, they do consider. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> the two options that you said, you, you made a little mistake that if I'm right or they're wrong is all they consider. That's oh. <laughs> all I, they really do consider. I, I, meant, I meant it the other way. Like they, they don't wonder if they're ever wrong. They, they, they are convinced that they're right because everyone else is a sheep. And so yeah. if, if people uh, disagree with them, I just thought it was a good way to explain it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's the whole, um, sometimes you're, what, what was it? I think Michael Brooks put it best in that Destiny debate where he was like, uh, sometimes I'm right, sometimes you're wrong. Like, that's basically <laughs> what they believe. Heads I win, tells you lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is an interesting and weird worldview. Uh, not really interesting, but horrific would be a best way to put it. Yeah, I, I think it's just like it's it's a worldview that preys on people who feel like they're missing purpose. And then from there, it has tools to reinforce itself, like this idea that everyone else is asleep. You're the only one awake. You're the only one that knows the truth. Everyone else is like a sheep. Um, it, it's so like it, a it, desperate academianism. Like, uh, that's probably not the right word to put. There. It's it's like if you were to fail in um, the rest of the rest of the world in any other like way. So you find this sort of academia that isn't even real academia that exists out there, and you can be successful at that. Yeah, dark um, academia. You, you yeah, understand race science that nobody else accepts, and it's not peer reviewed at all. It's looking for purpose and derangement. I mean, that's what it. That's what it is. I mean, it's it's being delusional. And, a, and missing purpose so you look for your purpose within the delusion that that gets into like albert camus at that point <laughs> <laughs> just the reality is now absurd and the one who has accepted that has accepted his fate but if he shall not accept it then his only escape is to escape life itself I mean, I, I'm a, I'm an I'm an absurd, uh, absurdist, so I I totally relate. I do not understand like most of the words <laughs> in that book. I I am confused. I read like the first two chapters, and it's like this is this is foreign language to me. I can't. This, I know it's translated, but this doesn't make a. Darn it probably it. helps um to, to to read a bunch of other philosophy. Usually, philosophy itself is based upon philosophy before it, so. <laughs> It's like a whole fucking like journey to get into. Philosophy. Yeah, I had a friend back at home who he used to be a 
philosophy professor at our local college and it's probably one of those where they keep them on they keep them on for like two or three years and then switch them out before they have to offer them tenure kind of deals i don't i don't know exactly but he had a book of philosophy with also a book about that book on philosophy it was a book on how to read that book so the book itself is probably like 80 books or 80 pages and the book on how to read it is probably like a thousand so (laughs) i mean you can look at like um if you take kant or whatever and his um critique of a pure reason for instance you can find graphs that tell you how the arguments connect um and 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 whatnot like it's it's crazy how these people write but um so there's a whole other sect of philosophy out there of philosophers who didn't really add anything but they just they did a, another level on top of making other philosophers more understandable <laughs> yeah thank, thank god for them too i've been i've been indulging myself in a lot of um philosophy recently and yeah, it's, no, been, it's been helpful to have people who deconstruct what these people were trying to say yeah, so no one daughter, would be a hegelian anymore if those people didn't exist oh my god have you seen the what's his name i think his name's like gregory something he has like over like maybe is it like 200 maybe it's maybe it's like 400 videos or something that's like a part of um the feminology of spirit by hegel and it's just like 30 minute videos and there's like 400 of them and there's like 50 of them that are just on the introduction. Like, it's just crazy. It's insane. Man could not write. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, with talking to this person, I think I learned that most of the terms we use for Hegel, and especially the dialectic, are not his. It's other people that came along and made it a lot more easier. Yeah, it's because um, when you read a lot of these philosophers, you have to understand the, the language that was being used. So they'll almost... Basically, words will be being used in a way that they're not usually used. So sometimes you'll have people that come come over and try to like pick a better word to use to 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 make sense of the the idea that they were trying to convey and whatnot. Yeah, but, but yeah, that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into a philosophy, <laughs> philosophy some other time. That's there's too much there. Yeah, I'm leftology, not philosophyology. <laughs> philosophyology. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for coming on. I'll try to get this up by tomorrow on yeah, Spotify yeah, a, and stuff. It was a, it was a good time. Um, I'm down to come on anytime. I mean, yeah. I like having conversations. Um, I, I need other people to record with because I do not want to talk to myself for 40 minutes and then be like, that's good enough for Spotify now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, sure that you can I get never will the, get there. I think you can get some of the other guys in the in the chat on as well. I'm sure. I'm sure like Alex and uh, Mouthy would be down to talk. Yeah, sometime. keep keep just, my age range of like 16 plus because it can just, get like 12 on here. <laughs> yeah, the world of online politics is weird about that. Like it, I've talked it, to people who I thought were like you know 27 or something, and then I get them in Discord and they're like like just like they have like the squeaky voice and i'm like wait <laughs> why were you typing about hegel earlier like why <laughs> i know you haven't read that you have algebra 2 hallmark to be doing <laughs> exactly well thanks for having me on i'm okay. gonna go get pizza because i'm um i'm hungry so uh you have go have fun with that hopefully it's not right. papa john's uh actually i was gonna go there because it's a discount because uh, uh, i'm sorry for <laughs> I, you i work there <laughs> all right see you buddy